It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us on the radio waves. 855-450-FREE is our number. That's 855-450-3733. We do have Skype. You can Skype on into the show here at Skype username lrn.fm. You do need to send a contact request first. And once we see that pop in, we'll approve it, and you'll be good to go to call us from uh, or on Skype from that point forward. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's me, Ian. Jay. And Daryl. All right, so coming up, uh, Chelsea Manning has written a letter. Woohoo! And we'll share that with you. It is being published over in The Guardian. It is to those who kept me alive all these years. She's saying thank you. And uh, we'll get into that coming up here in a moment. Daryl, you had a story last night. Now, you didn't mention it on the air, but you did tell me off the air that this was one of your show prep items. And I thought, Monday, actually. And I thought, uh, that's true. Yeah, because you aren't on Tuesdays. Anyway, uh, I thought, gosh, that sounds really interesting. It's about check cashing services. Not just check cashing services. Payday loans? Not just about a professor... But a professor that decided to go work at a check-cashing place to wind up learning about the people that use them. I think that sounds fascinating. I mean, so we're talking about one of these payday loan, check-casher kind of places. Uh, A lot of people in in some states want to outlaw. And there are some states that have, and I don't know what, you know, the extent of the regulations are on these things, but extensive regulations on these businesses, if not outright uh, prohibiting them. And uh, so, you know, the idea is that these places are taking advantage of uh, poor people because they'll charge like 30% or 50% interest on some of the loans. Well, you're talking about payday loans. A lot of times they're the same place. They might be the same, but she's talking specifically about the check cashing aspect of it. Okay. Uh, And in... You know, the lead up to the article, it says, Prevailing Wisdom... Where's it from, by the way? uh, This is from Business Insider UK. Okay. Uh, Prevailing Wisdom holds that customers would be better served by using a bank. But Professor Servon, they don't give the name this early on, uh, Professor Servon found that check cashers were frequently cheaper and served customers' needs better than banks. Now that's I've experienced that. Well, because you don't have any kind of banking. Accounts. Yeah, I don't have any kind of banking. When I was in Colorado, I actually, my uh, the guy I worked for, his bank was in Nebraska. It was like a 170-mile drive if I was going to drive to his bank to cash a check he'd give me. So I did find a way to convert my checks into Bitcoin, which was really cool. But there was this guy who, he had a liquor store, and he also cashed checks for $3. Mm-hmm. So I'd bring him, my checks were like $1,300 when i get them. And I was happy to give him three bucks of cash, thirteen hundred dollar sure. check. And and what I did with him actually the first time, he's like, "Well, how how do I know it's good?" And I says, "Well, I'll do the honor system with you. I'll leave you this check." And I says, "Here's my phone number. Call me when it clears." Right. And he called me like three days later. Hey, your check's good. And I just went down there and got it from him. And Perfect. he was fine with me after that. Three common reasons that customers cited for using a check casher over a bank: cost, transparency, and service. Yeah, I'm interested in hearing about this because, I mean, I've never used a check cashing service. I've I always, have. I've always had bank accounts, and I've never really, as somebody who is pretty financially responsible, I've never really had the experience with a bank of, oh, they're screwing me, um, you know, because I know a lot of people do. They are really upset at banks for the various different fees that they'll have, like, 
you know, if a check bounces, for instance. Well, uh, there are some banks that they require you to have a minimum balance of X. True. And yep. that X sometimes can be a hundred bucks, sometimes five hundred, sometimes a thousand. And if you dip below that, sometimes fifteen hundred. I've seen. Then they start hitting you with five dollar service fee, five dollar right. service fee, and you know that can wind up adding up. Right. I mean, let's, generally, let's actually get into yeah, the okay. article. Uh, Lisa Servan, who is a professor at the University of Pennsylvania, could not kick the nagging feeling that the financial elite had it all wrong. Again, the prevailing wisdom from bankers and policymakers is people who use alternative financial services like check cashers and payday lenders were making expensive and unwise decisions. If we could just educate the unbanked and underbanked and usher them into the modern financial system with a bank account, their fortunes would surely improve. Well, I mean, just I mean, I know you want to get into it, but just to cl- to comment here, uh, a lot of people use check cashing services because they are locked out of the banking system. They perhaps made some mistakes when they were younger, uh, let a bank account run into the negative and never made good on that. So like, you know, cutting a check or using their uh, debit card that brought them down into a negative balance, then they get hit with another fee because they went down into the into a negative balance. And then they go in and they're, you know, shocked or appalled at what has happened to them. Uh, And then they, you know, throw their hands up in the air because they're they're poor and they don't have a whole lot of money to just kind of throw around and fix these problems with, or they or they don't know how to prior, prioritize their finances. So, you know, they're, they might be, at their time in their life, it might be more important to drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes than to fix the, the problem with the bank account. They then go into essentially a blackball status with banks where this bank reports the negative account status to a, a company called Checks Systems, and Check Systems is a company that most banks use. Whenever you go into a bank to try to open an account and you give them your social security number, they run your information through Check Systems, and Check Systems comes back with a report saying this person is either a good bank customer or not. And if not, they're not going to let you open an account. So a lot of the people who use check cashing services, they just don't have access to banking. But and it's interesting that some people use it because it's more convenient and so on. Right. And banks in general, they're just difficult. I mean, my experience is with banks when I go cash checks like uh, on customers write me a check and I go to their bank. They're always trying to dance around a way not to not cash a check. They want you to open up account. They really mm. want you to deposit it. I got one customer. She actually uh, has to give me a check because of the way her business is set up. I sell hay to her and it's a Citizens Bank check. Mm-hmm. And when I go to Citizens Bank, they charge me $7 to cash wow. her check. From her own account. From her own account. So I have oh her. I have her right to check for seven dollars more. And <laughs> she's like, "What do you mean?" And then she called the bank and she'd argue with them. And there's like nothing we can do. Yep. And and, I, and and I'm there. Change your bank account. You know, hmm. bank, actually, Bank of America is usually pretty good for me to deal with with their checks. You know, I just show them my my own ID that I have. You know, it's not a government issued ID. They don't care. Citizens Citizens Bank used to give me a little fuss about, but the one I go to, I know the lady who's a manager there, so. I get it. Yeah, done. that's interesting because uh, I mean it's kind of a surprise to me because Citizens Bank actually has one of the better uh, bank accounts as far as you were talking, Daryl, about how some of them require a thousand dollar minimum deposit right. to avoid the monthly fee. All their rule is is you just have to deposit something every month and you avoid the fee. So if you wanted to get a bank account, it's one of the better ones as far as if you don't want to hold a lot of money in a bank. Uh, professor Servon, who is a professor of city and regional planning at University of Pennsylvania. 
had a former dean at the new school, or rather, and a former dean at the new school, spent 20 years studying low-income communities, and to her, that picture, that being of the, you know, the uh, prevailing wisdom of these people just make bad decisions because reasons, uh, that didn't really add up to her. Hmm. Most of the unbanked, which is roughly 7% of U.S. households, those being without a checking or savings account. I'm surprised it's that low. And the underbanked, which is nearly 20%. Now, what does that mean? That have an account, but still use alternative financial services. So, like, you might have an account, but... Still go to a check casher. You still go to a check casher or some other... You you might... You know, maybe you need a payday loan to, you know, get through a week or two. So there's the unbanked, which is 7%. The underbanked, Mm -hmm. which is another 20, so roughly, you know, just over one in four. Uh, And she said that from what she encountered, most of the unbanked and underbanked were neither naive nor irresponsible about their money. The biennial survey of the unbanked and underbanked by the FDIC says the implications of that was these people were making poor decisions. Servine told Business Insider, I knew that people I had worked with closely who don't have very much money, they know where every penny goes and there's more. All right, let's talk about that coming up here. And of course, if you want to share your thoughts and experiences with being unbanked or check cashing or payday loans, that kind of thing. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Dial on in toll-free here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything you want. We're talking about check-cashing services. And what are the customers really like? There's a lot of uh, what's described as prevailing wisdom about them, but maybe there's a lot of mis, uh, misunderstandings and misrepresentations about the kind of folks that go to check cashing services. A professor over in the UK, uh, or at least the story's coming from the UK, a professor yes. uh, went and got a job at one of these check cashing places just to see what it was really like to uh, connect with the customers and try to learn about them. And there's some surprising results from that. We're going to get into it here. Your calls and thoughts are also welcome. Plus, speaking of finances, Bitcoin is something that we're all fans of here on Free Talk Live, as well as cryptocurrencies in general. And for those that don't know, these are decentralized, or Bitcoin is a decentralized currency. It is not issued by banks. It is not issued by the federal government or any government around the world. And it is, in my opinion, something that the unbanked, are this can empower those folks the you know unbanked traditionally a lot of these folks don't have access to banking because maybe they've made mistakes in the past or maybe they just hate banks or maybe they don't have the documentation that a bank wants that's true all of those things none of it matters with bitcoin because you can just go and create a bitcoin wallet without asking anyone's permission you don't have to beg the government you have to fill out forms you don't have to sit and wait at a bank you just go to download Jax, J-A-X-X dot I-O. It's the official wallet of Free Talk Live, and it's free. You can get it cross-platform, so for your smartphone, 
iOS or Android. It's also available for Linux, Mac, and uh, Windows. There's bl- uh, browser plugins for Chrome and for Firefox. So you can have the same wallet accessible on multiple devices, which is awesome. Plus, it it uh, handles multiple cryptocurrencies. So not just Bitcoin, but also Ether and several others. And they're always adding more over time. There's also shapeshift integration that makes it easy to transfer from one currency to another inside the wallet. Uh, so you don't even have to leave Jax to change from Bitcoin into something else. So it's amazing, and it's free. So go to Jax.io, J-A-X-X.io. It was created by Anthony DiOrio. He's one of the founders of Ethereum, and he's striving to give you command over your digital life, coins, contracts, currencies, identity, and more. With Jax, it's easy to back up your wallet and recover your funds. So if something tragic happens to your smartphone, no problem, as long as you got your backup somewhere else, you can easily restore access to all of your funds. Jax at jaxx.io or on your Google or Apple App Store. So uh, we're going to continue here. Your calls and thoughts are absolutely welcome. Let's go to Ian in China. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ian. Hello. It's been a long time. What's on your mind tonight? I finally found a way to get through the firewall to you. Uh, I just okay. wanted to talk about these check cashing services. Sure. You're, you're giving me a more positive opinion of them. Of course, in China, such a thing as a check cashing service could never exist because checks don't exist. In China? Yeah, they don't have checks here. Uh, You might have a government warrant, which is a form of check, you know, for an award or something. But it's all cash or direct deposit if you're working for the government. Huh. Okay. That's interesting. They have, like, debit cards? Yeah. Debit cards are only a small part. Probably 90% of Chinese, including the wealthy, walk downtown to pay their power bill, take a taxi across town to pay the gas bill, go over here to pay the water bill. Hmm. They pay it in cash. When offered the chance to do it with a debit card, uh, by and large, the Chinese won't have anything of it. What about credit cards? No way. Yeah, If you have a credit card in this environment, you're shamed. People will shun you. They look at you as, as some sort of a bloodsucker. Does that mean that if you were to travel to China, that you pretty much have to get cash because businesses won't accept credit cards? Because I know that Visa and Mastercard, That's a fact. yeah, Visa and Mastercard want you to believe they're international and all over the world. But it sounds yeah, like they, they are. If you're going to the Beijing Hilton uh, or the Shanghai Ramada, <clears throat> when you're in real China, you better have a pocket full of cash. Interesting. And uh, they tried one thing here in China. Uh, by Alipay through the telephones, and that lasted about two or three months. <laughs> People want something they can hold in their hand. And the banks now have a huge problem because people have been pulling their money out, and they're investing in silver and gold. The banks are losing liquid capital. So the Chinese have banks, um, but they're not very popular? Well, they're all, they're, of course, they're all owned by the party, yep. okay? And they're all different names for the same thing. Kind of like American politics. <clears throat> and uh, the people just don't trust him anymore. You watch a man, as soon as he gets about 10,000 Chinese dollars, yuan, in his bank, he'll pull it out, leave just enough to keep the account open, and go buy gold. And Pakistani gold is really cheap right now. Much cheaper than in America. Hmm. Pakistani gold? Now, why is, why is that cheaper than American gold or gold in America? It's- it's cheaper. I can go over to Pakistan, we're just over the border, and I can pick up 
Oh, 20% discount on gold. Oh, that's cool. Now, I don't know why, but it's cheaper. In fact, from certain countries and certain blocks, the price varies greatly. Now, Ian, have you observed any Bitcoin transactions going on or Bitcoin stuff where you are? The government has mentioned it a few times. Each time they approach it, they get confused and put the issue off till next next quarter. But are people using are Bitcoin? Anyone accepting Bitcoin not around there? Anybody. Oh, I've, I've never heard of such a thing. Only on your radio show and on you know American news on the internet, I hear a few people whispering about what Bitcoin may or may not be, and that it's apparently very big in America. But it's bigger no, in China now. Maybe there's not a lot of talk. Well, on there's the streets. also three times as many people in China. Yeah, four times. <laughs> sure, um, but it's big. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it might be big in cities like Guangzhou, population 20 million. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm in, a, I'm in a tier three city, little bitty one, only four or five million people. And it's unheard of here. Interesting. Ian, thanks for sharing your thoughts China, tonight. Anything else you want to get out there? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, real quick. 50% of China, full 50% are still on the farm. So Bitcoin What's has a that real... Mean, on the farm? Meaning disconnected the from... Farmers. Yeah, they're they, agricultural. Oh, they, right. they actually working on the farm. Okay, right, they're yeah. out there breaking dirt and dropping seeds. That's one of the things I was going to say is there's a, still a lot of uh, you know poor people out there in in China, even though there's definitely a move up economically over the last. And few even decades. though the government is raising taxes on them again this year, uh, on the farmers or just the people? Farmers. Imagine a farmer who works his butt off with two kids. Government doesn't like that. And he's making in China, well, in American equivalent, he's making less than $100 a month. I, I, I deal with farmers all the time. I farmed, I buy and sell agricultural products, feed, hay, horses, yeah. and stuff like that. He so, can't yeah, I know afford it. to send his kids to school beyond grade six, because after grade six, it gets expensive. Ian, thanks for the call from China. Appreciate hey. hearing from you. Glad you're able to get through the firewall. Thanks for the uh, for making it tonight here. Uh, sounding good too on uh, Skype. Of course, that's uh, you can connect if you want. Our Skype username is lrn.fm, and also toll free number eight fifty five four fifty free. We're talking about money and money, banking money, money. and Bitcoin, and you can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything you want. Uh, it's Ian J and Daryl. Toll free number 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. We've got plenty of time for you to join us. The Libertarian Party of New Hampshire is having its 2017 annual convention March 18th from 2 to 9 p.m. at the Holiday Inn in Concord, New Hampshire. The banquet dinner will feature speakers Matt Phillips, president of the Free State Project, and keynote speaker Carla Howell, political director for the National Libertarian Party. Tickets for the convention and banquet are less than $60 and must be purchased before March 1st. Go to lpnh.org convention for more information or to buy tickets. That's lpnh.org convention. It's Free Talk Live. And of course, you can take control of the airwaves by dialing toll free and joining us here with you tonight. It's Ian, Jay, and Daryl. These uh, toll free numbers 855 450 free. That's 855 450 3733. Also, Skype username is lrn.fm. You know, if you've been thinking about starting up your own website or blog, but you've been holding off because you're not so sure about how to go about it, 
HostGator makes it easy. They've got a simple one-click, easy installation for WordPress, 24-7 over the phone or live chat chat tech support, and a very intuitive and user-friendly control panel that puts the power of creation and the simplicity of use into your hands. You can go and get HostGator, one of the top hosting companies out there, because you're a Free Talk Live listener at 50% off. 50% off by going to hostgator.com slash FTL. That's hostgator.com slash FTL, like Free Talk Live. You get a 99.99% uptime rating. You don't have to worry about outages. With HostGator, they're pros. Hostgator.com slash FTL, like Free Talk Live, for 50% off. We go to tomorrow in Guam, where Kyle is on the line. Hello, Kyle. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? How's it going? Good morning. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm still sort of relatively new to Bitcoin. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I just met some other people on Guam here who are into Bitcoin and, uh, like I, they had like this sort of meeting at a, at a business and at the end of it, they gave a presentation and the pitch was investing in a Bitcoin mining company Hmm. called BitClub. Uh oh. Have you, yeah, have you guys heard of (laughs) Like this. I, you know, okay, so I'm a huge skeptic of this Bit Club thing. I've heard about it before. There's a guy named uh, Joby Weeks who seems like a nice guy. He's like a libertarian kind of. Uh, I met him in Colorado. Wealthy dude. Um, he's into this thing. And he's he, into several of these uh, multi level marketing things that yeah. are totally not pyramid schemes. Yeah, and he yeah. was trying to trying to pitch me on it, and I'm like, I don't know. This thing screams uh, red flags to me. So I, you know, I don't know. Jay, what do you think? Have you looked at this thing, this Bit Club? Uh, so that's the thing where, so he, the last thing I talked to him about was some deal he was doing in Iceland or something, or yeah, it was Iceland with Bit Mining. And yeah, I think it's mining. European based, it's- and and he was he was telling me about that, and that yeah, that was about a year ago, I guess, and. And he he also was uh, very interested in uh, um, not Dogecoin. I, I can't remember Dash. Mm-hmm. Dash, who he was really into at, at the time. And I mean, I've hung out with him a few times. He was one of the guys that was part of the We Are Change Colorado crew, and he was at the Denver Bitcoin Center a lot and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I liked the guy, but I, I don't know. I never really got into throwing any money into into the bit. Uh, that bit dash is what it's, what bit it's called. Club bit club is yeah. uh, is what it's called, and I I don't I haven't looked closely enough at it to really be able to tell you exactly what the pitch of this bit club is, but it's it screamed out multi level marketing. Is you can mine Bitcoin without actually using your computer, so you buy into yeah. you buy shares of somebody else's miner, and, and you just make thousands of dollars daily yeah and the return on investment is supposedly really really good which of course makes you know red flag (laughs) yes if it it sounds too good to be true uh it probably is so i mean but i i suspect he's still involved and but i haven't you know i don't know the guy well i haven't followed up with him or anything like that i haven't followed it closely um but if it is a ponzi scheme then obviously getting in on the ground floor is a good idea but of course, you're probably a ways from the ground floor at this point because I know it was the last pork fest that I was at where I met the dude, and that was in 2015. So right. it's been at least 18 yeah. months since he was pitching me on uh, on this idea. Uh, for me, you know, my gut feeling on this was stay away from it. But that's just all you know. That's all I would have to say about it because I don't know enough to really be able to comment uh, intelligently. 
I'm still pretty friendly with a lot of the guys from the Denver Bitcoin network, and I haven't heard any negative about it. You know, and and he's got a house right there in Denver, and he was he was around there quite a bit. But the poker bot thing, some people were trying to get me into that, and I was seriously considering like maybe putting a you know half a Bitcoin or something or one Bitcoin toward Tony's poker bot deals. But I decided the you know, if a friend of mine did it, and I just sat back and watched it, and it started making a little, making a little, and then mm-hmm. one day it was all gone. Really? Oh, yeah. They he, robbed him? I mean, like, I don't know if it collapsed or if it was gone, but yeah, yeah, he wasn't too happy about it. Yeah, once you put your Bitcoin out there, it's gone until they decide to give it back to you, right? Like, there's no yep. guarantee. And I was reading, actually, there is something I just remembered about this Bit Club. Uh, when you actually go and you do a little digging on it online... You'll find that one of the, at least one of the, uh, like the primary guys behind it has had kind of a shifty MLM past, uh, multi-level marketing kind of uh, past. Now, again, there's nothing inherently wrong with multi-level marketing. There are some good products out there that are multi-level marketed. It's just that there's a lot of scams and a lot of people get end up getting ripped off. So just you got to be really careful with this if you're not yet into bitcoin i would say the best thing to do is to buy some bitcoin now you know again the the proposed return on investment here is what they're they're pitching to people is hey you could buy bitcoin but if you buy into this club you'll make even more money and that sounds attractive to anybody that is looking to invest um but if if you're a believer in bitcoin just start by getting some bitcoin you know slowly build up the amount of bitcoin uh, that you have by buying it over time with money that you can afford to lose. And, you know, if you become wealthy enough to throw away money on something like a uh, a bit club investment, then no big deal. As long as you understand yeah. you could lose it all uh, by getting into something like that. And you can also lose it all if Bitcoin goes to, goes to zero tomorrow. Obviously, there are no truly safe investments out there. But, um, at least Bitcoin, you know what you're. You can know what you're getting into. You know that it's it's safe because you have control over your own money. And Bitcoin is unhackable. When you give these people, whoever they are, your uh, Bitcoin, uh, you have to trust them. My, oh, sorry. Yeah, my my kind of concern is being on Guam. The main, really, uh, one of the only ways to get uh, Bitcoin since Circle stopped. Uh, letting you buy and sell was uh, Coinbase. And that's what all of the people that are in this club use. And, you know, I have my concerns with Coinbase, of course. Uh, have you tried local Bitcoins? I have, but there's, I mean, there's no one, no one on Guam actually that's selling it. All the stuff huh. is through MoneyGrams and, and PayPal. Right. And stuff like Do you that. at least have credit cards on Guam, right? Yes. but uh, You could use Purse. You now you're, you're going to be paying a premium, yep. but that's still a way... Something like 15%, right? Yeah, it's expensive. Um, do you have what banks, uh, you know, like big, big American banks on Guam, or are they like Guam-specific banks? Uh, we got, I mean, yeah, we got some, some banks. Uh, I used uh, a Hawaiian bank. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we got those, but like the online exchanges seem to be really uh like they don't serve guam or they don't serve you know you know my my area so i mean my uh, like i'm thinking of asking the people that are there if they want to sell me some of theirs you know whenever yeah, they sure. have well that's their, one way to do it i mean that's to, to buy right? directly I mean, from have, right to yeah. buy directly from other so, bitcoiners is is definitely a good way to get bitcoin it's also an anonymous 
uh, basically anonymous yeah. way to uh, to get Bitcoin as well. So, uh, yeah, I would say take another look at local Bitcoins because they have a bunch of different options in MoneyGram. And those those are legitimate ways to buy it. I mean, that's I have yeah. sold people Bitcoin over MoneyGram and Western Union actually I ended up getting uh, prohibited from <laughs> from uh, Walmart <laughs> to Walmart just because I had sold uh, so much Bitcoin through them. OK, anyway, well, uh, those are options guys. for you. And uh, yeah, and, you know, meet meets meet with those Bitcoiners a little bit more often and you know see what kind of wisdom they can impart on you. But as far as the investment schemes are concerned, yeah, I would say be very, very careful and good luck. Thanks, Kyle, for the call tonight. All right. Uh, the toll free number here is 855-450 free. Uh, we're going to continue here. Mark is actually on the line. We're going to bring him on a little bit. Not sure what he wants to talk about, but he's probably down on a boat somewhere. The toll-free number, if you want to join us, is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can take control of the airwaves. And this is Free Talk Live. We're talking about money, but, of course, you can bring up anything you want. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Ian, Jay, and Daryl. Skype username, lrn.fm. Call on in, bring up anything you want, and take control of the airwaves. We have been talking about check cashing. We're going to get back into the story about a college professor who, you know, she'd heard all the stories about the kind of customer that you expect to go to a check cashing service. But she wanted to learn about it for herself. So she actually yes. got a job as a check cashing clerk and wrote an article about it, uh, about her experience. We're going to get back into that coming up here in moments and, of course, invite you to join us here, 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Mark Edge, co-host of Free Talk Live, down on a boat probably somewhere in the south. He's on a boat. What's on your mind, Mark? Hey, how's my audio, Ian? Not too shabby. Go ahead. Good. So, uh, first, I want to give my condolences to you. Uh, your mentor, Bob Garrett, uh, passed away yesterday. Um, he was, uh, you know, a great influence on you, and um, shame. Well, yeah, he was a great guy. I don't know how you found out about it. I, I heard about it from you. Radio Inc. Oh, um, okay. You know, I, I read, a, I read all the trades every day. Gotcha. Um, sometimes I'm usually it behind feels like by a like a week on on radio trades. Anyway, I know. So he uh, turns out smoking kills people. Um, you know, sorry about that. Yep. So um, what I wanted to call about was it turns out there was a hoedown in Keene yesterday. A hoedown? The, uh, yeah, some of the uh, the uh, folks that uh, are in the dance therapy class at Antioch University in Keene, New Hampshire, decided to have sort of a, uh, a dance to uh, remember the victim, the female victims of violence and rape around the world. And it uh, gave the statistic that one in three women were the victims of either uh, violence or, or rape around okay. the world. And uh, they were having this, uh, this dance. And what struck me was, um, I wonder how many men have been victims of violence. And if that number was significant, why they weren't included? If you're going to have a dance for victims of violence, why would you just pick a gender? 
Well, that's a good point. I mean, there are definitely male rape victims out there. There are definitely male domestic violence victims out there. In fact, a lot of the male domestic violence victims don't report their domestic violence. Well, and uh, he didn't say domestic violence. He just said violence. Yes, I understand. Yeah, it was that. specifically about violence. Yeah. And uh, domestic violence suggests, uh, you know, partner on partner relationship. But I mean, right. you know, men, from what I can understand, and I'll just take a, an informal poll. Um, I have been beaten terribly. Uh, I've been beaten to the point that my eye, um, you know, like the white of my eye has been turned bloody. My sternum was broken. Um, you know, I was in a pretty big mess. Ian, have you been the victim of uh, violence at one point in your life or another? I, I have, yes. Not as bad. What as, was that like? Yeah, Just not as bad briefly. as yours. Um, but yeah, I've I've been in in one sentence. What happened? I don't want to talk about it. Okay, were you hit with some object? Mm, no, he said he doesn't want to talk about it. I got beat. Well, up a I'm few just times. trying. To... Yeah, was, you've been. Was I it was bad punched, or just okay. like smacked around? Yeah, I was punched. Okay, you were punched, and it was hard. All right, um, uh, Jay, were you beaten with something, or you know, just kind of uh, you know, um, uh, oh, beaten yeah, up I was, badly? I was a young boy. I was. Beat up by some older kids. They kind of, four or five of them had some sticks and wiffle ball bat. And another time, four or five of them come at me with paintball guns. And then I got to be about 13 years old and took them on one at a time. And it didn't mess with me anymore. Hmm. Daryl, um, have you been been the victim of violence? And I'm not talking about, you know, just uh, pushy pushies or anything like that. Real, I, real honest. Like, I, I don't know what you mean by real honest violence like i've been in fights in like middle school i've you know inadvertently hit myself in the face with an aluminum baseball bat uh, so I, I would say that you know like i've assaulted myself worse than anybody has ever assaulted me but just because somebody has you know a, a march to raise awareness of one group of people you know having dealt with something doesn't mean that they're not you know, acknowledging that other people have done something. So the march for a cure for cancer doesn't deny that other diseases that aren't cancer exist. You do understand that, right? I, I'm very, very clear on that. But when we're talking about two genders, we're not talking about the myriad of diseases that exist. We're talking about two genders. This looks like, to me, You're also denying that there are more than two genders, but okay. Okay, fine. Um, you know, you can we can play around with that uh, as much as we like. But um, you should have called fine. up Chris Cantwell. I bet he would have loved to have gone to uh, to the march. I bet Culture he would have. Justice been. warriors love <laughs> dealing with this sort of thing. So yes, he would have loved the topic. And well, I mean, I think that this is. I think it's important because what this seems like, honestly, is a dance for women against men. Because who beats up women? Well, the perpetrators of violence are generally men. But their victims are generally men. So to, um, you know, sort of focus in on the minority victim over the majority victim really just comes down to a pointing a finger at, you know, those uh, big violent men. Really, why can't they just behave themselves? Yeah, I mean, that right? definitely seems to be the narrative for sure. I mean, that's not an unpopular narrative. Daryl, don't you see that? I see that I, I can see how somebody could construe that, but what what I'm hearing and there's definitely some man hating women out there. There's no there doubt. There are, about that. and I'm not going to deny yeah. that. And they would but be the people I'm who would hearing, be most likely to start something like well, this. What I'm hearing here though, and I'm replacing the word uh women's dance with Black Lives Matter March, 
and it sounds basically the same of oh black people wind up getting assaulted by other black people so why should they be marching because police assault them at the very least black people will claim if if that may or may not be true it depends on the statistics you look at they will claim that they are a victims of violence far beyond their percentage of the population right Victims yes. of police violence and that sort of thing. Um, so they can say that, look, we are um, overrepresented in this particular disproportionately area. Disproportionately assaulted. Yeah, disproportionately assaulted by police and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I tend to think it's true. But um, women will generally not um, say that that is, uh, you know, that they will not deny that men are the victims of uh, violence far more than, than women are. But, I, you know, usually if you have this conversation, it, it ultimately comes down to, yeah, but you men do this. And I, uh, being one of 3 billion, 3.5 billion men on the planet, only have control of this particular male body that I'm in and none of the other male bodies. And I feel shamed and chagrined by this particular dance. Okay, so let let me suggest that you do something other than calling to basically bitch that there was a march going on. He could start his own dance. Start your own dance to remember all of the men that have ever wound up being in a fight. Yeah, well, that dance is going to be laughable. And... (laughs) Anything, um, any kind of press, it'll be, see, look at those men's rights activists. Why doesn't he have a fedora on? Where's his neck beard? He should get a job, you know, and all this other crap. I'm not telling these uh, people that participated, and I don't know what the the genders are of the people that participated. Um, I could see some women in it, but I'm sure there were some men, too. Um, You know, there's some single guys in Keene that uh, need a little attention, I'm sure. Um, And, (laughs) you know, um, I was at the state house. Leave me alone that they should um, get jobs. I'm not telling them that, uh, I'm telling them anything. I'm not using, um, you know, I'm not painting with a broad brush. I'm simply saying that this looks very much like man-hating to me. That sounds like you're painting with a broad brush and interpreting something and trying to get offended where you shouldn't be offended. Yeah, I mean, given that you haven't actually talked to the organizers, you you are jumping to conclusions. Oh, you did? Yeah, I've I've talked to one of them in the past. Yeah, and? I'm uh, familiar with her her stances on these things. She and? calls herself a feminist. Okay, um, you know, and Stephanie Murphy, I mean, former co-host of Free Talk Live, also calls herself a feminist. And they got into fights on the air. Mark and I've Stephanie. I've never been able to nail down what she means by it, though. That's one of the things about the, the term feminism is is that they've got this uh, they've got this philosophy that they seem to defend by sim- simply saying that oh, it's all about equality. But they don't mean it's about equality. If it's about equality, Daryl, they'd be having a dance for male victims of violence. Or they would just call it victims of violence and would not attach any gender to it. As you can see, it's specifically not about that, right? Because it's not about that. Like, we'll say that feminism is about... Um, equal rights, and then we'll do things to focus in on women. We'll call ourselves feminists. We'll have dance for women victims of violence. I think we'll you're all- probably right. If you've actually talked to the organizer and you know a thing or two about her, then you probably are correct and you're, you're, it is probably less speculative what you were saying here. Where's your boat right now? Where are you at? 
Uh, down in uh, Marathon. We're getting ready to head back up Florida towards uh, Sarasota. All right, man. Have a safe trip. Thanks for the call tonight. That's Mark Edge okay. from Edgington Post, which you can hear his episodes. He just released one, I think, yesterday uh, on the Free Talk Live podcast. You can go to feeds.freetalklive.com. You can subscribe to it there. Uh, there's more coming up here on Free Talk Live. Hour two on the way. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and we'll take your calls about whatever you want to discuss. Just dial on in here toll-free. Our number is 855-450-FREE. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Jay. And Daryl. Skype username is lrn.fm. You can call us there and you'll sound pretty darn good, usually a lot better than your typical phone line. So uh, we're going to get back into your story, Daryl, that we started in the last hour. So for those of you just tuning in, we'll bring you up to speed on check cashing. And the kind of people that use the check cashing service... Turns out the prevailing wisdom may be wrong about those folks. Yep. Uh, we're going to get into that because we just kind of scratched the surface of it in the last hour because we got people calling in, and that's what we do. We go to your calls and thoughts. You may take control of the airwaves here. Let's go to Stefan. He's in Ohio on Skype. Go ahead, Stefan. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's on your mind? Um, well, really two things. I wanted to get real quick to um, uh, Bitcoin. Now, I'm fairly new to Bitcoin, and I'm not sure exactly if that's a route I want to take, but I actually had a, a quick question for you. Sure. Uh, you said the best way to get into Bitcoin is to buy Bitcoins from other individuals, correct? Um, I wouldn't say that's the best way to do it. There are different ways to go about it. Really, the question is, how much of your privacy are you willing to give up in order to acquire Bitcoins? Because if you're willing to give up some privacy, you can usually get them cheaper than buying them from you know, another individual, you can get a larger quantity of them, um, but you're giving up your privacy. So it just kind of depends on what you value. Well, earlier you guys were talking about, um, I think Daryl brought this up, that you're actually able to buy into other people's hardware and uh, rent it. Uh, Yeah, a caller called in to ask what we thought about this thing that I think is basically a multi-level marketing sort of scheme. And there are more direct ways to invest in mining as well. So um, you're talking about the Bitcoin mining process. You can purchase Bitcoin miners that are not in your home. They're just in a rack somewhere. And you can invest in that way if that's something that you want to do. Without getting into multi-level marketing, there's just direct purchase of, right. of mining as well. And, and quick thing, this is a little off topic. I hope you guys don't mind. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Austin Peterson. Yep. I don't know him. Uh, I mean, I've never met the guy, but Daryl, you debated him on a number of occasions during the Libertarian presidential nomination process within the Libertarian Party. Yes, and, and to my knowledge, Austin is not a Bitcoin user. Uh, nor is he really much of a Libertarian. Uh, he's, correct. He advocates for the abolishment of the non-aggression principle, 
which is kind of the bedrock principle of libertarianism, the idea that you shouldn't use or advocate for initiation of force to achieve uh, your political or social goals. Well, I wanted to know you guys' thoughts on apparently he is considering a run for the U.S. Senate and also he plans to run as a Republican. I do you think, think that- he's a mighty fine Republican and should Good stop trying to strip the principles from the Libertarian Party. Yeah, I'm always glad to hear when the uh, you know these sort of conservative infiltrators in the Libertarian Party decide to leave. It's you know it's always nice to hear them go. Well, recently in a poll, I'm not sure if you guys ever uh, saw this poll on the uh, Libertarian Future page, him and Rand Paul were actually the most popular to run in 2020. For what? The Libertarian Party? Party nomination, yeah. Right, so that's one of the polls that it can be manipulated. Mm -hmm. And And he's got a lot of followers. He's got a lot of followers. Then, yeah, he always winds up, you know, doing very well in internet polls. It doesn't mean that he actually has support outside of that. And also, let's just point this out about Rand Paul, um, who has just been siding with the Republicans on like everything. And also, who has numerous times said, I'm not Not a a libertarian. libertarian. So I think it's highly unlikely Rand Paul would run for the libertarian nomination. Seems very unlikely, given that he. literally openly rejects uh the libertarian movement uh austin peterson on the other hand is a man searching for popularity it seems like um yeah and and working within the libertarian party can aggrandize some of that to him well uh i i don't know if you guys know this i actually interviewed daryl a long time ago uh who do you think would be a good choice for the 2020 ticket it's way too early. Uh, I will say that I'm keeping an eye on Larry Sharp. I like nobody. <laughs> now, I know Adam Kokesh, uh, who we've had on this show, has an- announced in the past that he's considering running. I think he would be a fine candidate as well. Uh, very principled, good communicator. And he's got that military background that wins over some people. So I'm not that. going to take up too much time, so I'm just going to say uh, one more thing. You know yeah. who I actually think should be the ticket in 2020? No. Who? I think it should actually be Adam Kokesh with Daryl W. Perry on the vice presidential yeah. ticket. That'd be great. I don't know if Daryl wants to give it another uh, go, though. I mean, it was, it's it's hard, isn't it, Daryl? I mean, running yeah, for if, if somebody, you know, persuaded me to or asked and then, you know, threw some money towards a vice presidential mm-hmm. campaign, I would strongly consider it. But at this point point i'm focusing on state because you can actually make a difference in new hampshire and right. you are uh, thanks for the call man i appreciate hearing from you Stefan. the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE you were just telling us during one of the breaks that uh there was some votes on some bills here in new hampshire you of course are the liberty lobbyist that's your new thing that you've been doing since yes. the presidential campaign you launched libertylobby.info yes. where you've uh you say that you are the only or the first crowdfunded uh, lobbyist meaning that I'm that, able to find meaning that you're not for hire by some corporation uh, or interest group it's people who love liberty right. who are funding and your efforts also not hired by an entity that does more than lobbying so you had mentioned last week or a few nights ago about well what about the ACLU well mm-hmm. they do a lot of things other than just hire lobbyists right they do lawsuits. Lawsuits, stuff along those lines. And there was a bill that wound up having a floor vote, meaning that the full state house voted on this today, to expand jury rights. Ooh. To 
clarify exactly what wording must be given to the juries by the judge. Very interesting. In a positive way. This is yes. going to help. So I'll the, actually pull up the this is, wording. Right. This, here. this wording would help uh, the jury understand what their options are. Correct. Because a lot of time. So in New Hampshire, there's a little background here. In New Hampshire, we got a great jury rights movement. I would say the best one of all the 50 Absolutely. states. Uh, we've got, I think, like I think like eight to ten out of the eleven courthouses now covered on pretty much every nice. jury. Nice. Last I heard, it was six. Yeah, they've uh, Joel Valenzuela from Rights Brigade has been. That's his. Seems like his main thing that he's focusing on. And so we've got a lot of people who are getting the jury rights information into their hands as they're coming in to be selected uh, for jury duty, and we're informing them about their rights to nullify the right to use jury nullification, which is an age-old right of juries to vote. Their opinion on the law itself, not whether or not the law was broken, which they could also do, but uh, and that's what the judges always tell you, is that you have to judge the case based on the facts in the case, uh, not your opinions. And in, in New Hampshire, it's legal, and in everywhere, it's it, you know, in the United States and in other Western court systems, it's legal to jury nullify, but most of the courts want to prohibit you from knowing about jury nullification. If yes. they find out that there's somebody passing out flyers, they'll usually send armed men out to deal with them. Or if you them. attempt to inform the jury as a defendant, they will threaten you with contempt of court. Oh, I've Correct. had that happen a few times. But in New Hampshire in 2012, because of some of the liberty-oriented reps here, there was a uh, there was a law passed that made it easier, made it more possible for defendants and defense attorneys to actually talk about jury nullification in court. Yes, and uh, but you you'll still see what what will happen is judges will try to paper over what was said with their jury statement or their jury instructions where they'll emphasize certain things that make it sound like whatever it was the defense attorney said about jury nullification doesn't really apply. And they'll try to use their authority, the fact that they're a man in a black robe with armed men who will do whatever it is they want and sitting above everyone else. They'll use the sort of authority of the court to brainwash the jurors out of their understanding of jury nullification. And now what you're saying is there's going to be a much more specific statement that the judges will have to read if this gets passed by the Senate and the governor. At the request of the defendant or the defendant's attorney. Do you say you wanted to read that coming up here? I would love to share exactly what it says. All right. So toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. Then we get back into your calls and thoughts. You can take control of the airwaves on Free Talk Live. Talk Live. Dial on up toll free here. Bring up anything you want. Our number is 855 450 free. That's 855 450 3733. And you can Skype in at Skype username LRN.FM. With you in the studio tonight, it's me, Ian. Jay. And Daryl. How about trying out the best pillow you'll ever use? Nearly risk free for 60 days. It's my pillow, and it's designed to fit to the shape of your body and hold your neck in the proper position. It's a great pillow. I use it. Daryl, you've got one, and yes. you use it as well. Uh, they're fantastic. And if you don't think it's the best pillow you've ever used, no problem. 
If you don't like it for some reason, you can send it back to them and they'll give you your money back within that 60-day window. They're also guaranteeing their product for 10 years. So it's got a 10-year warranty because they really stand behind their product and they believe in it over at MyPillow. And unlike regular pillows, you can actually wash MyPillow. You can put it into the washer and dryer. It's designed for that. It's an amazing product and you can get yours at half price. Just go to MyPillow.com. Use code FTL, like Free Talk Live, to get your MyPillow at half price or two for the price of one. MyPillow.com with code FTL, like Free Talk Live. It's Ian J. And Daryl, as we go back into, uh, we'll get right back to your calls here, but Daryl, you wanted to read the uh, proposed change to judges' instructions to juries in New yes. Hampshire. This bill just passed the New Hampshire State House yes. by a 10-vote margin. Correct. 170 uh, to 160. Yep. Uh, so it was kind of a close vote, but nonetheless, voting in favor of expanding jury rights, expanding the right of jury nullification, the understanding of that within the court system, where New Hampshire is already leading the rest of the states in yes. this. this. If this actually goes through the Senate and the governor would be monumental. So what does it say? Uh, So, again, at the request of the defendant or the defendant's attorney, the court shall instruct the jury as follows. Shall is a legal term, meaning they have to do it. And here are the instructions. If you have a reasonable doubt as to whether the state has proved any one or more of the elements of the crime charged, you must find the defendant not guilty. However... If you find that the state has proved all of the elements of the the offense beyond a reasonable doubt, you should find the defendant guilty. Even if you find that the state has proved all of the elements of the offense charged beyond a reasonable doubt, you may still find that based upon the facts of this case, a guilty verdict will yield an unjust result and you may find the defendant not guilty. Yay! Yeah, I like that. Yay! Yeah. All right. So, I mean, how how likely it is to get through the Senate? We don't know. There's um, a Republican majority in the Senate. Not that that necessarily well, yeah, means anything. Do Republicans necessarily support jury nullification? I don't know. Well, about at that. least the ones in the House do. Okay. Well, now is of course the the time for people to in New Hampshire contact senators and ask yes. them to do the right thing on this. And this is where I think you know we're talking about Liberty Lobby, your thing, libertylobby.info. Yes. This is where it's important to get liberty-minded people in the state house. I know, I get it where you come from, it's probably a total waste of time to call and talk to politicians. I'm with you. It probably is a waste of time 99% of the time in most places. But in New Hampshire, I don't think it's a waste of time. In New Hampshire, these politicians are reachable. Yes. They're like human beings who actually most of them have real jobs. They, yes. they Or they've retired from real jobs. Like they're not retired politicians or retired bureaucrats or whatever. They, right. They're, a lot of them have been productive people in their lives. Yes. And this is like a citizen legislature where they get paid 100 bucks a year. So they're more open-minded, I think, than a lot of uh, politicians out there. These are not professional I, I'd say they're more approachable. Yeah. Uh, they're very you know, approachable. Definitely yeah. some that on a lot of issues, they've already got their mind made up. Of course. Up. Of course. But, but there's things, 400 of them, so right. some of them haven't. Yeah. Right. And you know, like, just because... 200 have their mind already made up on something just because, well, that's what the party tells me, doesn't mean that everybody's going to have their mind made up on it. So you can make a difference here, um, and it's relatively easy to do it. There are a lot of ways to get involved, whether it's showing up physically at the state house and testifying, whether it's picking up a phone and calling uh, the state representatives. If you actually want to have an effect on a political system, 
from a libertarian perspective, there is no better place than New Hampshire. I'd recommend you go check out the 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire to find out why this is already the best place for freedom and will continue to be as thousands more libertarians migrate here as they are doing. 101reasonsfilm.com is where you can do that. Brian's on the line in California. Brian, go ahead with your thoughts. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian J and Daryl. Hey, guys. Hey. hey, I was calling to talk about police accountability. Okay, sure. And um, I have a thought. I'm going to try to go to our city council and present it. Hmm. If if all the civil fines and all the uh, the damages that, that when people sue the police were paid out of the police retirement fund. <laughs> Good luck with that. Kind of, I know. It's the <laughs> union you have to go to, but... but at least if you threw the insurance cost onto them, they could insure themselves, and then it would cause you'd have the good ones. You know, if every if every retired policeman got dinged four dollars a month when a, a million dollar settlement happened, you'd start getting some pushback to, for people to start acting better. You know, yeah, that's a great financial, suggestion. Financial obligation. I just, I did, I like say, like you said, it's going to be tough to do it because the police unions are tough. But it, you know, the cities have been paying more and more and more, and they may be up for trying to put something like that in the language somehow i think their next union contract i'd love to see something like that happen here in new hampshire i don't know how possible it'll be out in california but there's actually a fairly good kind of pushback against police militarization uh here within the the state house and i I would say that could possibly gain some traction here yeah yeah in los Los angeles there's been so many lawsuits and settlements that people are getting tired of of paying the bill uh, for that. So what's so, uh, what's it like there on the ground out in California? Are people are people talking at all about secession? Is that something that you're hearing when you uh, talk to other Californians? It, it's funny. I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm in the Los Angeles area, and the, and, the, and it's quite dense. But I am hearing a lot of uh, Democrats uh, secession a little bit. But it sounds funny. They're actually talking about removing power from the federal government because they're tired of what Trump's doing. And I, mm-hmm. I'm using that as an introduction to talk to them about smaller government (laughs) excellent that's been uh that's been a really good conversation i have a lot of uh jihadist liberal friends that are literally talking about not paying taxes and i'm like yeah you guys are with me now all right (laughs) and they're like well i didn't mind paying taxes when obama but now that trump's there i'm like that's fine i support your tax protest just because you're looking at it thank you whatever it takes let, let me help you out all i can i tell them my, my mom and my sisters both worked for both Obama campaigns and the Hillary campaign, and they're saying the same thing. So, Brian, thanks cool. for calling and sharing that. Let us know yeah. how it goes with your proposal to the uh, city council, yeah. and I appreciate I'll, hearing from you. I'll, I'll present it and see how they like it. All right, sounds good. Thanks, man. Uh, Toll-free number 855-450-FREE. Greg in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Greg. Hey, guys. Hey. You know, I've been calling in from time to time, uh, I guess, over the years. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I support... Most of the stuff you guys talk about, I support civil liberties very much so. I support jury, uh, jury nullification. I'm concerned about militarization of police. I support the ACLU. Uh, and so I think uh, a lot of the time uh, I'm a little concerned for the libertarian, uh, not the libertarian party because I think they do well, but a lot of hardcore libertarians, they kind of push people away even if uh, they're allies on so many issues. All right, well, let's talk uh, about it. Hang on, Greg. We'll continue here. With Greg in New York and your calls and thoughts, also welcome. Plus, still to come, we got to talk more about check cashing and financial services for people who are unbanked. And are they what you think that they are? Daryl says they're not. And we'll talk about that coming up here in moments. 855-450-FREE allows you to join us here on Free Talk Live. 
We just got our new Rye Guys t-shirts. I chose the Power Corrupts shirt and the I'm Already Against the Next War shirt. These quality shirts look good and feel good, and they feature clever, thought-provoking designs to promote freedom, peace, and healthy skepticism of modern mythologies. The Rye Guys donate a portion of proceeds to Antiwar.com and the Future of Freedom Foundation. Enter coupon code FTL at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's RyeGuys.com. W-R-Y Guys.com. RyeGuys.com. It's a rye wit for today's shit. It's Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything that you want. Right here, our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Ian. Jay. And Daryl. The Skype username, if you want to join us there, is lrn.fm. And you can bring up anything you want. We go back to Greg in New York, who was calling in. Uh, We've had Greg on the show as a caller in the past, and it's... He and I and the rest of the hosts tend to disagree when he calls in. But you were pointing out, Greg, that there are things that you agree with us on, but obviously it's not as interesting to talk about those things. So uh, what was the point you were driving at tonight? Well, yeah, I'm saying the point is, look, when it comes to civil liberties, I'm pretty much on every single page with you guys, right? Uh, And then you go ahead, you call me a liberal, which is true. I'm a classical liberal, and I consider myself a minarchist. But when we start talking about economic uh, issues, freedom. I'm even there with you on many things. I want to abolish minimum wage laws. I want people to have unpaid internships if they want. I want to abolish social security tax because it's a regressive tax. Uh, I want to abolish patents and intellectual property because I feel innovation should be able to come from anywhere. So I'm with you there also. I literally, literally have one thing that I I say government should be reduced to one well-defined thing, and I get mostly disagreed with and sometimes uh, debated with and attacked uh, you know, on information, based on this, because I say that on the government should only provide the thing that everyone needs, the vast majority, 99% of people need. Oxygen? Like, no. No, the thing that humans can provide. Things like make sure your food is safe. Everyone wants that. There's not a person that says, I don't care if my food is safe. I'm drinking water. But why does it have Things to be a monopoly that does that? Well, that's, I keep explaining that. It is because a monopoly gets lower prices, so instead of the buyers competing with each other to raise the price, I just want the minimum level. I want to abolish... Well, generally, competition brings prices down. Yeah, monopolies generally increase prices, but Greg, you said earlier that libertarians push people away and try to argue, but you're the one that keeps mentioning the issue that we disagree on. Let's talk radio. Of course we're supposed to, you know, disagree on stuff. It's not as interesting if he just calls up and talks about all this stuff. I I don't think he's talking about talk radio hosts that are libertarian. I think he's talking about libertarians in general will, and there are some libertarians that just love to argue, those people are called a-holes. Uh, but I'm more interested in finding things where I agree with people and actually working towards accomplishing those things. Uh, so, you know, just because there are, you know, a lot of a-holes doesn't mean that every libertarian wants to push people away, but you're the one that keeps mentioning the things where we disagree. So how is it that we're pushing you away when you're the one that brings the topic up? Well, because I'm saying, well, I bring the topic up mainly to battle test my own views. Yeah, he's but trying to. He's not trying to convince us necessarily. I wouldn't think as much as he is the listeners. In the same way that we know, we're probably not going to convince Greg 
but perhaps the listeners will be persuaded by our arguments, uh, which in this case are going to be counter to his. But I just want to point out, what I'm saying is, I am a minarchist. I want the minimum level of government. I want to abolish things like means-tested welfare, which I think is very wasteful. I want everyone to basically get a very... uh, For example, I want food stamps for all. For the first $100 a week that you buy food, even if you're a millionaire, you have the food stamps. Right, so you want welfare for all people. You don't want just selected welfare. You want everybody to be on the dole from the government. So so where does this... Where does this food stamp money come from? The same. uh, Right now, there's means-tested welfare, which is more expensive. Once you abolish that, you'll have the money to give the unconditional basic income. Well, but as long as government is giving out money, it has to drum up the money somehow. And how do you expect that to happen? Is it the same way it's happening now? I'm saying I want to improve what's happening now. Like Milton Friedman... And like, you know, the negative uh, income tax and other things, he had the same ideas. We're consequentialist libertarians. We're people that care about outcomes, not just the nap, not just the uh, philosophical principle. That's the difference. Okay, but you and didn't answer Jay's question. Of- Jay was asking you where the money would come from for the these checks. The same place that it comes from now. I know that, but he asked, he he asked Greg that of, question. He, yeah, but let's get specific. What does that mean? Where does now? it come from? My answer is it will come from where it comes from now, which is... So the income tax, printing money? Well, It comes from all sorts of taxes. Sales tax, income tax, property tax, tariff, all kinds so of things. Theft. Yeah. It comes from theft. That, that's Look, the that's problem. Where you, that's what I'm saying. You guys take someone who agrees with you on pretty much everything and wants to reduce government to almost nothing except the things that Except for that it gives everyone a check, government. which is a humongous government. Right, and you're the one bringing up the topic. Like, we didn't find you and say, Greg, where's the one thing that we disagree with? So you're the one that found the topic where yeah. we disagree, and you're trying to say we're pushing you away well, because we disagree on the one topic that you found that we disagree with. Let's work no, together on the other things that we do agree yeah, I'm with. Happen, I'm happy to work together with people who disagree with me. I'm, I do it all the time at the uh, the state house and within politics. Greg's in New York, so there's really no way we can work together with him on uh, anything that affects New Hampshire. Um, well, I'd love to drop by sometime. Sure. I mean, we'd be happy to happy to see you. And uh, but when it comes to the things we disagree on, we're going to work against you, Greg. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. I'm, I'm, but my point is, why disagree so uh, absolutely when there are many libertarians that are consequentialists? I'll explain like to you why. When, like my like uh, Hayek. When, when, There's a lot of people who make when, cogent arguments. When you take in in your speech, like you just told us about, you know, minimizing government, minarchist. And take the word government and repl- replace it with a better description, parasite. Parasites always grow. As long as you the people are willing to give this so-called government an authority to tax, then that means they can use threats of force and violence. They can kick in your door at 630 in the morning and kick you out of your house because you didn't pay the property tax. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't, you didn't mm-hmm. pay the king's ransom to, to, to live in a house, essentially. So as long as that exists, you, you will have a parasite that will only want to grow, that will only want to hire more people. And this bureaucracy, all it, all it wants to do is grow, grow, and grow. And, it, and hopefully soon it'll get to a, a point to where the host can no longer support it. But as long as they got a printing press and they have you know a military dominance on the rest of the world to bomb everybody in a submission, that's not going to happen. 
So this is one thing I'm really glad a lot of liberals are starting to understand that government's a problem and want to stop paying taxes. I mean, I hope they do it and I, and I support them. But the the thing is, is there's it. This is a parasite that needs to have its life ended. It needs to be starved out. There's just 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 no point in keeping these parasites small or even keeping them around. How are you guys going to do I'm that? Concerned. How are you guys going to get rid of government? Stop participating in it. Dive, uh, Dean Clifford had some really good stuff on us years ago. He was part of the Canadian Freeman movement. And what what he would say uh, all the time was, you know, divest in a democracy and restore the republic, which I don't really care so much for the whole restore the republic thing because republics where this all started, this stuff, this parasite kind of grew from. But, you know, democracy is, is, is essentially this mob rule, and the mob right now is government and a big business. I mean, what we, we literally have is fascism, you know, by Mussolini's defeat you know, uh, definition. So uh, where, where do we stop? I think the movement's pretty good now. We, you know, a lot of the Ron Paulers have learned this years ago. Uh, now you got the Bernie people who, you know, really understand, you know, what's going on and that the election's all rigged. And then you have all the people who are, you know, pushing for Hillary. They're, they're all upset and, and they want to back out of this, which I think this is good momentum because it's, it's starting to point a lot of people kind of in the right direction. And, right. and, and, and that's what I'm hoping for. I just have one question for you. Okay. Do you see the Ameri- all the American citizens becoming free men on land or one of those, you know... Nope, not at all. That- not all so of them. So how do you see getting rid of government if other people participate in it? Well, Good question. Essentially, I, myself, I don't participate in it at, at all. And you can... And, and like I've, I've said almost every night that I'm on this show, this guy, Chris Gronsky, explains how to change your status of that from a United States citizen to that of a state citizen, which is a good step in the right direction. How many, how many people do you think we need? I mean, as far as like people to opt out of the state and make it, you know, ignore it to death. What percentage? I don't really know, but I mean, even 1%, I think you know, a lot 5% of people. 5% would be killer. 1% yeah, would be great. 5% would be killer. Uh, thank you, Greg, for the call here tonight. But, you know, what it takes is education. It That's takes right. inspiration. More coming up here. Free Talk Live. Yep, it's Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything that's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free line, 855-450-3733. We've got Skype as well. You can Skype in at username lrn.fm. Should you wish to support Free Talk Live, one of the ways to do that and get your shopping done at the same time is go to shop.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through the links you'll find there, and Free Talk Live gets a cut of your purchase. You go to shop.freetalklive.com and just get whatever it is you would have normally gotten. Get the same great prices, the same shipping deals, and everything you're used to from Amazon. There's Amazon US, UK, and Canada. It's just that a portion of Amazon's profits that they would normally keep for themselves goes to Free Talk Live. When you start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian. Jay. And Daryl. To the phones, to the fun, or actually, in this case, to Skype, where we've got Mike on the line in Ohio. Hello, Mike. Hey, thank you. What's on your mind? And so, Greg, whenever Greg does call in, he always complains. He always picks an argument. And I'm not picking on him, you know, God God bless him. It's okay. It's talk radio. Sure. That's what we expect. It it 100% is. And, 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 you know, but the the, the thing about it is, is, um, is, is, is I don't, uh, once you kind of get the whole non-aggression principle, if you 
really kind of b- 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 believe in that and and you know you 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 almost live that way so it, it's not mm-hmm. like it's not it's not like you you, you can be like well, uh, no, for, for, for this one instance, I think you can put a 5% tariff on, 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 on the border and then right. we'll use that money. You it's either a principle that. or it's not. And right. it's a principle because you apply it consistently, or at least you should. Exactly. Quite simply, and, the power to tax is the power to enslave, the power to kill, to, the power to use violence is, is really the bottom line. And it's not okay. No, it's not. Libertarianism is a moral philosophy. It really is. I mean, it it is the morality of leaving your neighbor alone to do as they please, so long as they leave everybody else alone. It's it's it is a hundred percent a a a moral philosophy. And and folks uh, along the years I've talked to, I've I've told them I was a libertarian, and and I remember I uh, got a text around May. From 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 a a family member of mine who who I hadn't talked to in in, in a while didn't did, didn't know I was supporting Daryl for president, and they were like, "Well, your party really blew it by not nominating Austin Peterson and and, and getting Gary Johnson." I'm like, "No, actually, I I, I supported Daryl Perry for, for 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 president." You know, a very snarky. Of course, this guy's it's is a Ted Cruz supporter, and and and, and a great guy and a family member of mine and all that. But the, the thing is, libertarians don't, at least me and I think folks who, who, who have a moral philosophy, we, we're, we're, we're not offended when we see Rand Paul necessarily go against our, our philosophy. It's, 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 it's like, let's, let's, let's work with Rand where we can. Let, let's say, hey, Rand, you're, you're definitely right on, 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 this, on these uh, things. You know, let's, let's advance freedom where we can. It's, it's not like – Oh, you're just an evil person because everybody not, not you people usually don't just you know, when they're 18 years old become you know non-aggression principle uh, uh, folks who try to ad- ad- adhere to that in, in, in all their walks of life. You, everyone evolves, so it's it's like yes, this person hasn't evolved yet, but it it it, it you know that. Oh, that, that offends a lot of people to suggest that uh, that you are somehow more evolved than the other people, that you're more enlightened than those other people. If they were to hear you say something like that, man, they would be mad and it would probably close them off to uh, listening even further. And that's a tough thing to do. It's a, it's a tough thing to be uh, kind of in the place of understanding non-aggression and why that's a good thing and feeling right. as though that you personally have evolved because you've embraced this idea and to try to communicate that to somebody else without feeling or without seeming condescending boy that's a tough order yeah yeah and what when when and and and, and i mean strictly in a personal sense so so it's like my my personal evolution whether it's politics or anything else you know I it's 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 just a a journey, but sure. what, what 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 I'm saying is 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 that you you, you don't look a down on 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 anyone, and, and it's not it's 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 just it's just when when you when you adhere to the non-aggression principle, you have to say stuff like, well, I really can't support that. Um, uh, there was a uh, local park attack, so so no, I I I can't support making people's property taxes go up for the parks and, and then folks are like well this is ridiculous you don't understand this isn't the federal government it's like no you have to understand that that, that i don't want to violate anyone's rights personally and, and, and i don't want to support a a group of, of folks the government doing it either so it's not it's it's not like this um you know it, it, it's just the the, the uh, principles are, are very very solid but it's not like 
um, uh, at least uh, to uh, me, kind of what uh, you know Daryl was saying. It, it's like, look, let's agree. Let's uh, try to cut taxes as much as possible. Let's try to sure. cut regulation. Let, 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 let's try to stop the, the uh, drug laws. And then can. once we finally cut the government down to a small size, then those people will vehemently oppose cutting it down even further. But I'd rather at least have that argument. Right. Uh, right. than the ones that uh, that we're having today. And I would say Thank that you. as far as persuading people, and, and thanks for the call tonight, Mike, Thank I appreciate you. it. Um, as far as persuading people to the to these ideas, uh, to to tell them that, hey, you need to evolve like I did, that's not going to work. Right. Um, but to, to show them where the government is, you know, hurting people where they intend to help, uh, right. to show them the, the consequences, the unintended consequences of a lot of government programs, especially the ones that they might stand behind, uh, that can help open people's minds to admitting and, they might have been wrong about and this. And if you explain something of, here's what I once believed, here's what mm-hmm. I learned, and here's how my ideas have changed over time, right. you know, because yeah, evolve and change are basically synonyms sure uh so if you use the word change of my ideas have changed because i learned then that might wind up opening a little bit of a door the other the other thing to do is you know people you work with or are around generally is set an example of being a, a you know a good steward of you know the liberty of compassion of love uh by by simply you know, just just living it and doing it and acting it out, and absolutely. You know, don't be a tyrant in the workplace. You know, don't you know? Show uh, generosity. Show generosity. Yeah. Uh, you know, compassion and 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 love is just so important in just your general thing. Because you know, the saying is, it, it was always you know, do as I say, not not as I do. But you you have to lead by example, and that that's a huge thing. Because there's a lot of people that I grew up with in the libertarian movement and around. And, you know, they, like, weren't really too good to their wives or to, mm. to their kids. Not a lot of people, but some people I could think of. And it was yeah. like, you know, these guys preach this stuff, but they they just don't, you know, live it. They don't. That's a, they pro- don't, that's a problem. That makes them a hypocrite. Right. And people will see that. And they, they don't glaring. walk the talk. So you, you really need to, you know, and, and, and just that's an example you're going to learn from people is just how true they are to it. So it's, it's, if people can, re- you know, if they're listening to this that want to spread the ideas of liberty, uh, just really live it. You know, don't treat anybody bad. I, I, even the bureaucrats and the cops, I'm, I, I try I agree my best with you. to be nice to them. Yep. I've, I've changed how I approach that over the last decade. And uh, I agree. These are human beings and we want to persuade them to come on board with these ideas. But one of the most persuasive things, whether uh, people want to admit it or not, these have all been good at, you know, suggestions for folks out there on their own. But one of the most persuasive things is popularity. And I'm sorry, but humans are people who are going to follow the herd. They are people who are going to follow the group. And if it is perceived that liberty is popular, you're going to see people jump on board the bandwagon. You're going to see people say, you know what? I've always agreed with you guys, but I was too afraid to do anything about it. And when, when when you're going to see that is when we have the critical mass that it would take to get people to perceive that. So if you're just the lone person at the party, uh, you know, at some cocktail party or whatever, if you're just the lone guy on the side of the road with a honk if you hate taxes sign, if you're the lone guy running the uh, libertarian outreach booth at the county fair, you know, where, if you're just the one libertarian in your area, you've got no chance. I'm sorry. Right. You may have the best moral argument. You may have the best statistics. You may have the best logic. You may have all of that. But if you don't have people on your side... 
you're just spinning your wheels. Right. And one thing that, and I'm glad that Mike mentioned my presidential campaign, one thing that I brought up numerous times was the idea of secession, mm-hmm. of Hey, let California secede. Yeah, please. You know, let, let's you know cut off California if they want to leave. Let's you know cut off every state that wants to leave. Let them leave. Right. And everybody, oh, Daryl's just some crazy guy. And then, yes, California winds up getting national media attention with their you know let California secede thing with more than a third in support of it. And now, no, you know, Daryl's no longer the crazy guy. But everybody forgot that Daryl was talking about this one, yeah. two, and three years ago. So when I say you know we need popularity, we can artificially generate that by physically moving together, and that's why the migrations of libertarians to New Hampshire is so important even if you can't come here you should still be supporting people coming here you should still be supporting liberty lobby uh, dot info you should still be supporting the new hampshire liberty alliance free talk live these different organizations that are focusing our efforts here because if we can actually show that liberty works that can help elsewhere we're coming up Ross Ulbricht was convicted in early 2015 of running the infamous silk road underground market The Silk Road was a gift to humanity and helped reduce the harms brought on by drug prohibition. For this good deed, Ross has been sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Now, an appeal is Ross's only chance, and he needs your support. Please visit FreeRoss.org, where you can contribute via various methods, including Bitcoin. Visit FreeRoss.org. That's (laughs) FreeRoss.org. You can take control of the airwaves. All you have to do is dial in to join us here. Our number is 855-453-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. The Skype username is lrn.fm. That allows you to bring up what you want. With us here, it's Ian. Jay. And Daryl. And, of course, you can join us online anytime you want by going to freetalklive.com. Download archives that go back for more than a decade you can watch the latest episode on our YouTube channel. You can get interactive in a variety of different ways, including the front page of the website, where you can actually create the content that you see there. Every news story, every YouTube video, everything that's linked there on that front page was put there by listeners like you, somebody like you who took the time to submit a link to the front page of the site. It's a Reddit-based site. It's free to use. So you're welcome to join us there and get interactive for free over at freetalklive.com. Uh, so I think we're finally going to get back into the story that we started the show with. So to bring you up to speed, if you're just now tuning in, Daryl, in the first hour, you had brought up this uh, interesting story by or about, I don't think it was, was it written by the person? who it was not this? written by okay. the person, but she did speak with the author uh, from Business Insider. It's about University of Pennsylvania professor Lisa Servon who decided to go work as a teller at a check-cashing store to find out why customers used that service. She found that uh, check-cashers were frequently cheaper and served customers' needs better than banks, Hmm. those needs specifically being cost, transparency, and service. Yeah, okay. Let's hear more about that. Because that sounds shocking to a lot of people, I think. She says that I knew that people I had worked with closely with whom that, that being the prevailing wisdom of unbanked people, are dumb. Uh, she says that... Or losers. Right. Uh, 
that's not true. They actually know where every penny goes. They budget things. They know where to get the best deals. And so it struck me that if they were using check cashers, there must be a good reason for that. Having already been steeped in academia and research, Servan did not think that she would actually gain any new insights from being behind the desk. But in late 2012, she decided to embed in those communities to get a firsthand look, landing a job as a teller for four months at a check cashing store in the South Bronx. She would later go. Oh, on. so this was in the U.S. Okay, because the the story uh, the story was is from, from the UK. Business Insider UK edition, okay. but it is about from, the U.S. From New York. Okay, uh, got she it. would later to go on to work as a teller and a loan collector at a payday loan store in Oakland. Huh. She did not go undercover, but rather was hired on the up and up, thanks to okay. some help from Joe Coleman, the president of a small chain of New York City check cashers called Right Check. Or rather, right check cashing. I hate when line spacing does that to where it cuts something off in the mm-hmm. middle of a name. Uh, she, had, or rather, this guy had actually guest lectured for her for one of her classes several okay. years prior. Uh, she said it felt like the only way I could answer this question if alternative financial service providers are so bad, if they are so predatory and so sleazy and so much in the business of taking advantage of people. Yeah. Why do people use them in growing numbers? And surely she would see it when she went to work at this place. Yes. She recounts her journey in a new book, The Unbanking of America, How the New Middle Class Survives. And the book seeks to untangle the reasons millions of Americans are fleeing the broken banking system and opting instead for alternative financial services in increasingly large numbers, providing many first-person accounts from people Servan encountered while working in the field. Early in the book, she focuses on her experience at Right Check Cashing, or Right Check, yeah, Right Check Cashing, which is part of an industry that reached $58 billion in 2010, Wow! up from $45 billion two decades earlier. If check cashing was so shady, why were more people flocking to it? Mm. She was surprised by what people told her over and over. Servan heard and observed that check cashers often meet customers' needs better than the banks. Again, cost, transparency, and service, and then the article looks into each of these yeah. a little deeper. People told me they were saving money by going to the check casher instead of a bank. The right check she worked at charged $1.50 to pay a bill, okay. $0.89 cents to buy a money order, and roughly 1.95% per- as regulated by state law of the face value of a check to cash it. I've seen Walmarts, uh, they don't do it up here, but in the south, where I'm from in uh, Florida, you could get a money order for free from Walmart. I've never seen from Walmart yep. getting a money order for free. Yep. Uh, now, I do know that a lot of grocery stores will have this you know, customer service area where you can pay your utility bills for a small fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get money orders fairly cheaply. Uh, so, you know, this yeah. is not something that's unique only to the check cashers. Sure. Uh, but again, she says that these small fees add up, but they often pale in comparison to unexpected charges, maintenance fees, and overdraft fees that customers have experienced at banks. The rate for money orders is cheaper than at most banks. I did not know this, which commonly charge between 5 to $10. Hmm. Even if you're a customer, I went and got a money order for a friend at 
that his bank account for me the other day, and it was five bucks. Wow. And it was his account, and it was money order for him. Huh. And, and even as well, what's it, three bucks for a postal money order or three something? Well, like he said, it was 89 cents at this check cashing place. Right. You could yeah. walk into Walmart and get one for 49 cents right here in Keene. And, and that's just great to have these free market options right. for this stuff. That's what I like about it. Servon says, customers told me that bank fees were an important factor in their decision to patronize check cashers. Uh, she provides examples in the books of a man named Carlos, a local contractor who came in on a Thursday to cash $5,000 for his small business, paying a $97.50 fee and a $10 tip to Servon in the process. <laughs> That's $100 he'll never see again. How could he be coming ahead coming out ahead compared yeah, with using a bank? It. Servon explains, if Carlos is like many small contractors operating in New York City, he relies at least in part on undocumented workers who are unlikely to themselves have bank accounts. I right. can explain the benefit of what this guy just did. If Carlos deposited his check in a bank, it would take a few days to clear. That's right. Too late to deliver cash on payday, hmm. or maybe the check was a deposit for a job he had been contracted to do, and he needed supplies to get started. Right away. If he couldn't get yeah. started right away, he risked losing another job to another contractor. That makes sense. Paying $100 isn't much compared with the cost of losing, losing good laborers the whole job. Sure. that need to be replaced or forfeiting new business. Uh, she says it feels expensive. It is expensive, but it makes good sense. And there are many stories like well, it. Well, that does make sense. I mean, if you, uh, you know, if you want convenience, you pay for it. And whether it's convenience stores like Seven Eleven that charge you more because they're open twenty four hours right. and you can walk in and get beer or or milk or well, whatever and it is you need. Not just that. Here's another example of convenience costing more. Have you ever noticed that a twenty ounce soda? is cheaper than a, or rather more expensive than a two-liter. Yeah, oh yeah. Two-liter sodas are more expensive because who's going to walk around lugging a two-liter to sip on for four days? And they're refrigerated usually because they're in a, uh, a soda machine. Unlike right, the- by checkout. So yeah, convenience pays. You pay more for convenience. And in, in, the, in that guy's case, it makes total sense yes. to go to a check cashing service. Now they look at transparency. Outsiders may think the signage at a check casher resembling that of a fast food menu is gouch. I'm guessing I'm pronouncing that right. I don't think I've ever seen this word. G-A-U-C-H-E. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure on that with one either. Simple polished interiors of a local bank branch, but that's a feature, not a bug. Customers feel like they knew exactly what they were paying for when they went to the check casher, and if you Go into a check casher, you will see there are signs that span the teller window that list every product that's for sale and how much it costs. That makes sense. The it, transparency know, is critical. I believe it's, uh, according to Google, it's gauche, if I'm okay. reading this uh, pronunciation guide correctly. Um, and comparing the the menu with banks where the fees are hidden, basically, they have a fee schedule, but man, it's, you know... She 50 different fees. That. Right. Uh, toll free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything that's on your mind. Your experience being unbanked. If you want to share that with us, you can do that. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 
And you can join us here. Toll free number 855-453-855-450-3733. We're talking about check cashing. And a professor who went and worked at some check cashing places to kind of learn a thing or two about it rather than going with the prevailing wisdom about it and you know the belief that the people that use check cashing services are somehow financially irresponsible or losers or you know whatever being taken advantage of yeah and she's uh, really kind of had an interesting experience and daryl you're sharing that story with us from business insider uk we'll continue that coming up here also i uh, do want to let you know about if you want to save money you should check out save it purse save it purse.com i got something on the way to me it should be here tomorrow uh which i saved 25 percent on nice from amazon uh, you just got something at 23% off. Yes. And uh, you can get these deals, too. It's available to anybody who takes the time to go to saveitpurse.com and who has Bitcoin or one of the other more popular uh, cryptocurrencies because they do have Shapeshift built right into Save It Purse. It's an amazing website. And this, this, yeah. this is the easiest way to get comfortable with Bitcoin, to practically use Bitcoin. Go buy $100 worth of Bitcoin, yep. set up a purse wallet, put it in the purse wallet, and just just buy something that you like for and do the maximum. The max is still thirty three percent on it, correct? It is, yep. yeah. And I, it's been about three weeks since I bought anything, so I haven't really needed anything lately. But I pretty much always just set it up for the max and just just really? wait. Does I it, mean, do they do you get bites at thirty three percent? Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Well, three weeks ago I did. You know, I, yeah. I mean, well, the market conditions do change sure. over time, but uh, you can get 10, 15, 20, 30% off, 25% off. You can save 5% instantly with Purse Instant. And uh, that's good if there's something that's a prime only price. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you get that because there's no guarantee that whoever buys your thing at 20% off is using prime. Correct. They might do but slow Purse shipping. Purse Instant is prime. Right. So I placed That's an amazing. order Sunday afternoon. The item was delivered on Monday. It's incredible. So saveitpurse.com is where you can go to get started. Saveatpurse.com. We'll get back into check cashing here. we got David in New Mexico on Skype. Go ahead, David. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, good. Um, the uh, since, you, since you mentioned that Prime, what did you just say just now, Daryl, about uh, what is Prime already? What was Clarify that, please. Amazon Prime. So that's the thing where you get uh, guaranteed two-day shipping at no added cost. Well, there's, there's a cost to Prime. You have to pay 100 bucks a year or something like that to join the, the Prime program unless you use saveitpurse.com. Right. But you know, no added cost for each shipment or each order. So it's a flat, right. you pay $100 per year, and here's one of the benefits. Right. So for people that shop often at Amazon, Prime's a pretty good deal. Yes. Um, but if you want to get Prime's benefits without actually having to pay for Prime, and you want to save 5%, then you should use saveitpurse.com. But there's times where Amazon will offer Prime-only discounts mm-hmm. so the only people that can get that discount exclusive are amazon prime members and people who use saveitpurse.com because people who use if instant, they use instant buy right, people who use the instant buy are using purses prime membership to get yes. their product got it that's that's the part I'm, <clears throat> excuse me that's the mechanism i missed got that it. that guaranteed lock that prime price in and and another question on that as long as we're on that is that i haven't heard answered yet uh uh just uh naturally is uh so it, people are buying these things for you uh so that they can get your bitcoin Correct. right and 
and they're paying a premium for it. They were if you're saving fifteen percent, they're paying fifteen percent over what the cost of Bitcoin typically is. So let me explain why and I'm going to, you know, use my crystal ball and try to predict your question of why would somebody pay extra to purchase Bitcoin. Was that your question? There are people that there are people that will either have an Amazon affiliate link to where they wind up getting Amazon credit or they otherwise do work for Amazon. So Stephanie Murphy, uh, she has some stuff to where she winds up getting Amazon credit for Amazon UK. She has no need to purchase things directly from the UK. So she'll use Purse to convert that Amazon UK credit into Bitcoin. Bitcoin, and she's fine with paying the additional premium. There are some people that live in Southeast Asia that will do what's called Amazon Mechanical Turks. That's right. They get Amazon credit. They either can't use that credit themselves or they need to convert it to something that can easily be converted to a local currency. They'll use Purse to get Bitcoin and then use Bitcoin as the intermediary. Those are some of the examples. There also just might be somebody who wants to buy with a credit card, buy Bitcoin yeah. with a credit card, which is hard to find credit card purchasing yes. for Bitcoin. Yes, it and is. And so that person who's willing to pay 10, 15, 20% extra for that convenience of being able to use a credit card uh, could then just go on, use their credit card to buy the thing on Amazon that you want. So Amazon gets their full amount. And uh, that person pays with their credit card, and they get uh, Bitcoin for it. When I first buying, go ahead, when go I, ahead. When I first started using Purse, I like, you know, after I got the first couple where I could get like fifteen and twenty percent off because I think the first couple you had you have do, to locked like, in at like ten or fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, when I got it opened up, I started putting some stuff on there for fifty percent and forty five percent back when it was up that high. And right. I, I got a a four hundred dollar juicer for. 49% off. So I, I sent the guy a message and I'm like, hey, did you buy this with a stolen credit card? And he's like, no, I'm in I'm in South I'm in South Africa and I really need Bitcoin and this Amazon credit is pretty much useless to me, hmm. is what he said. So because I was just wondering why someone was so like so desperate, desperate for Bitcoin, they would pay forty nine percent and right. that's what he told me. Hmm. The um uh, one other thing that you had mentioned too, what did the people in Southeast Asia, what kind of currency did they start with that that uh, was not usable in some manner? Make, uh, Amazon, essentially Amazon credit. So the people who are working for Mechanical Turk, which is the program that Amazon has that, as I understand, it's like data entry, like this very kind of repetitive task kind of job. Yeah, I've never looked into it. Uh, something I've only like heard that. people talk about it. So you can work for Amazon, but you wouldn't want to if you lived in the United States because a minimum wage job would pay you more. Um, so this right. is a very low paid, as I understand it, again, I haven't looked deeply into yes. it, but a very low paid kind of work that anybody in any country with an internet connection can do. And they Amazon pays their people that are doing this Amazon Turk or Mechanical Turk work they're they're paying them in Amazon store credits basically, and so in order to get out of the store credits, they can turn these store credits. If so, if they don't need anything from Amazon, they can just turn those store credits into Bitcoin, which opens up to the entire world as far as what they can purchase, rather than only being able to spend what they've earned at the company store. Uh, basically, thanks for the call tonight, David. I appreciate it. Toll free numbers eight fifty five four fifty free. James in Arizona, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Oh, what a surprise. Hey, Jay, I'd like to answer a question you posed to me last time I tried to talk with you. Go ahead. But I should like to say to you 
that uh, respectfully, no insult intended, that your conspiracy theory looney tune things that you believe in do great disservice the hope of a libertarian society and a libertarian party. You're going to have to give an example. Hold on, James. We're going to bring you back for that. 855-450-FREE. Apparently, Jay is willing to uh, continue the conversation, so we'll see how this goes. I just want to know what he's talking about. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. James will return, and your calls are certainly welcome. Plus, more about check cashing and the reality behind the customers. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free here. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. Should you wish to support Free Talk Live more directly? I mean, obviously, you can share the show and tell your friends and family that you listen to Free Talk Live. Share your favorite episodes. Uh, Those are great ways to help us out. But if you want to support more directly, you can join the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. Please take a moment to do it if you like what we do here and you want us to keep doing it and keep getting on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board. we got a big one coming up uh, that we're going to be adding in Louisiana this weekend if all goes well. And uh, talk to the program director this week. He says everything should be all right. Uh, so I'll, uh, I'll check with him later on next week and make sure it went well. And then we'll announce them officially. And we'll get more stations on if we can do more marketing of Free Talk Live. And the AMP program allows us to do that. So go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. amp.freetalklive.com. we got more coming up about check cashing services and their customers and what they're really like. But first, James in Arizona said that he had a question for Jay, but you mentioned first, James, something about Jay's conspiracy theories, and Jay asked you for a specific example. Hello, James in Arizona. Uh, claim to be a... Hi, Jay. Since you mean, claim to be a man of love and compassion yep. and of a man of open mind, not to mention your show is called Free Talk Live and it's vital anybody can call in. Uh, you should be more than willing to, and how gracious of you, to have a conversation with somebody that couldn't disagree with you more about so many things. And to quickly answer your question, the, my question, or your question to me about when did Daryl WPU lie about me? Well, the last time I ever spoke to him on Free Talk Live in December on a Saturday night, not to mention the very first time I ever talked to him. On What's that got to do with conspiracy theories? I know you don't care about smears, because I don't believe you're a man of love or compassion. Uh, I believe you're a man of iron will that likes people that agree with you and hate people like me that don't agree with you. But my well, question is... You don't know anything about Jay, more. obviously. I do. I listen to your show. <laughs> and if... Okay... You should come Minister work with Bernard. me a little bit. I think then, we'd have a good uh, Minister time. Bernard, let us have a conversation because I'm going to ask him a question about the Iraq War. And yes, Jay, I was actually surprised for I did think that you were going to say we went into Iraq for oil, but you had you can spun this conspiracy theory about citing the only uh, uh, person in Congress that you don't think is a criminal. You cited somebody that agrees with you, Ron Paul, or that you agree with. Yeah, so I agree we went with him in a lot Iraq. of stuff. We went. I know. So do I, Jay. 
Cool. A lot of stuff, long before you ever did, and I know that. But, uh, Jay, uh, the reason why I'm not a Raw Paul fanatic anymore because is he's out of his mind, not to mention a coward, as you are, for agreeing with him about why we went into Iraq, into Iraq which had something to do with monetary policy, so to speak. Yep, that's right. I did talk about that. Right. So, again, I'm surprised you didn't say oil, but there was such thing called a coalition of the willing, and there were hundreds of thousands of armed men that went into Iraq because of, not because Saddam Hussein was a weapon of mass destruction and a mass murder and the most dangerous gangster on Earth, who was also the richest and most powerful gangster on Earth. Uh, we went in there because of some uh, monetary uh, reasons, you say. Okay, because you refuse to take U.S. dollars for oil. It, yeah, that, that right. is what I said. Yep. Not to mention, it's not only Ron Paul's moral obligation, which he dropped the ball on, because he was a member of Congress and he didn't ask for articles of impeachment against George Bush uh, and insist on it and make like Cato and Brutus and Cicero if Bush was ever in his midst, because that would be his duty. Again, Jay, if we invaded Iraq for reasons that weren't the truth, I'm still wondering how we, how George Bush, the dunce that all of you think he is, conned a coalition of the willing foreign governments to invade Iraq and put their own young men and women on the uh, uh, sassafras is on the line. Literally. Thanks for the question, James. Uh, for, Appreciate it. Go ahead, uh, Jay, if you want to answer that. Well, so basically, how did he con everybody? In how did George Bush con everybody? Well, I think George Bush, just like pretty much every president, was just a good actor, a very good puppet, doing what he's told by, I don't know, whoever. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty obvious that the president's really not in control. I, I say to presidents, presidency is like a school bus, and the president's not driving. Somebody else is, whether it's the international banking community, whether it's big oil, whether it's, I don't know who whatever industry, a combination of all these industries. And the president, you know, he's not on the back of the bus. He's probably somewhere in the middle, but he's definitely not in control. And and I believe that, that Bush was just a really good actor. He was a guy that could look dumb. A lot of people thought he was dumb. I don't think he was dumb. I just thought he was a really good actor. And, uh, and you know, saying that Saddam Hussein was the, like the, the baddest, richest gangster in the world, I think the... You know the the Rothschild family or these you know London bankers are much bigger and badder than Saddam Hussein could ever be for Cause, sure. Because literally, as soon as every nation in the world that has rejected the international banking cartels has rejected the U.S. dollar, uh, all of a sudden they become a target. They get bombed. They become terrorists. They become this excess of evil because they don't want to participate in a central bank. I mean. Uh, Wasn't there a guy who wrote a book about that, about how the uh, IMF will uh, will essentially use the yeah, U.S. military? Yeah, I think military? it was uh, Tales of an Economic Hitman. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so that guy's been on, uh, when I was in Colorado, I listened to this guy Dave Hodges quite a bit, Dave Hodges' show, and he had that, I can't remember that guy's name off the top of my head, but, but somebody can Google he it. had that guy on several times, and yeah, that guy, ex- he explained a lot of that. And in fact, now that you mention that, I kind of think I got a little more of this so-called conspiracy theory James brought up about how you know the reason we went the United States went into Iraq was because they rejected the US dollar for oil I kind of think it came from that tales of an econo- economic hitman guy yeah and, he seemed to know uh, and he did two. reference Ron Paul on that and but there is a really good Ron Paul YouTube video where Ron Paul explains 
this and and, and Ron Paul lays it out really well and you know I mean it just goes to to, sh- to show that that James you know I, he's angry he obviously isn't all there uh, when he starts like really bad mouthing Ron Paul I mean. I I can't see where Ron Paul did anything wrong. No, he's and a I, brilliant, well researched, principled man, and there's no doubt about it. Uh, thanks for the call, James. Let's bring Dodger on here in Battle Creek, Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dodger. Uh, hi, gentlemen, hey. and I'm sorry I'm going. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, That's what we do. First off, I uh, I wanted to ask. Uh, I don't get a chance to listen every night, and I uh, listen to podcasts here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened to, to Mark Edge? Oh, uh, he is on what he's calling not a he's vacation. On a boat. Yeah, he's in uh, on a boat right now in Marathon, Florida, and is going to be continuing on a boat mostly for the next couple months, month and a half, or something like that. I know he said he was getting burned out though, temporarily uh, off of the boat for Anarcho Polco. That's correct. Yeah, he'll be on for the five days or whatever, four or five days that we're going to be broadcasting from Acapulco, Mexico, starting late next oh, week. Oh, so 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 I'll, I'll hear him uh, here pretty soon back on Free Talk Live. If Temporarily, and, and then he'll be back on his boat doing his thing. Uh, he says it's not a vacation, though. He claims that uh, he's working <laughs> while he's okay. Well. Uh, I, I, I miss him, and I, I really, I really miss uh, hearing uh, Ian and um, Mark disagreeing on things. Uh, I, I really love the banter that that you guys have. But really, uh, I'm calling. Uh, you guys got quite a bit of snow there. Um, we've had a really mild winter, and mm-hmm. actually, the uh, funny thing is, is I'm calling with a public service announcement tonight. Okay. And um, I'm I'm politely asking people, uh, not because your local government is, uh, you know, telling you to do it. Please keep your sidewalks clear, people. Um, you know, uh, it's not a big deal here right now because we don't really have any snow here in southwest Michigan. But uh, seriously, um, when... Did you slip and fall or comes, something? Like, why Why are you saying Oh, that? no, no, no. It's 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 not for me. I mean, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s. Yeah. I, I'm a pretty healthy individual. I'm just thinking about... You know, not myself, but for for you, you know, everybody's got that guy down the street that's disabled that has to take public public transportation, or you know, the kids that need to get to their government indoctrination camps. Um, You've got Sarah. If she were living, you know, Sarah from Albuquerque, if she happened to be living in New England right now, I mean, she has to take public transportation. it's it's just a matter, you know. It's just a polite thing to do. Don't do it because the government, you know, asks you to do it or tells you. Some of them they make you do it. More coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live. You can dial in toll free, take control of the airwaves, bring up anything that's on your mind in these remaining moments. Uh, whether we're going to have time to get back into the check cashing story, probably unlikely because we do have some other calls on the line. And of course, you can talk about anything you want, but that full story. Uh, is up uh, up on the, the website right now. Or not website, but it's up on uh, our Facebook and Twitter. If you posted it, it is. Yes, I, I post, posted it earlier in the show when we first started talking about it. So if you uh, want to dig deeper into this, feel free there at uh, twitter.freetalklive.com or facebook.freetalklive.com. You'll find it there. 
Ian Jay and Daryl, as we continue with your calls and thoughts. Dodger, you'd called in about a public service announcement. You wanted to ask people to clear their sidewalks in front of their homes and businesses. And certainly businesses have an, an interest in clearing their sidewalks. They want to make sure they're as accessible as possible uh, to get people in the door and not have them slipping and, and falling and things like that. Uh, but I believe that here in New Hampshire, it's actually not illegal to leave your sidewalk uncleared. In Massachusetts, oh, yeah. I, I believe it is. Uh, but they in were New- writing tickets uh, yesterday to a couple of guys who yep. were telling me about it. In New Hampshire, you can leave your sidewalk snowy. Now, the city of Keene does provide uh, a service of clearing sidewalks. So every now and then, it's not every you know the moment after it snows but within a day or so right after it snows there'll be this device that uh this drivable like thing bobcat sort of thing yeah like a huge snow thrower basically bobcat device that uh goes and clears the sidewalks um but ultimately the people who are there's a guy down the street from the studio who is crippled he's in a wheelchair and you know you'll see him out and about and he'll just ride down the, the street i mean he doesn't care yeah well uh you know i got I'm a professional pedestrian. The state of Michigan sees me as an unfit driver because I refuse to pay them certain fines. Mm-hmm. So I see this all the time. And the hypocrisy, uh, you said this uh, just before the break, that your uh, government may make you. And there has yet to be a place that I live where the government doesn't have an ordinance uh, you know, making you clear the sidewalk. However, uh, the hypocrisy comes from the fact that uh, they are the worst at clearing their own sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, we, we were actually talking about this, uh, where I mentioned to Ian, because we go up to the state house quite frequently, I said, have you ever noticed that the sidewalk and like the big concrete area leading up to the front steps and the front steps of the state house and the legislative office building are almost always spotless? Mm-hmm. The sidewalk going horizontal along State Street and Main Street, almost always spotless. Now, the uh, sidewalks going down the sides of those buildings, most of the time are you know somewhat clean-ish, but there's still going to be some snow and some slush. You go two blocks over, and there are streets where they've not even touched the sidewalk. You know, one of the things I like about New Hampshire, just as an aside, at least here in Keene, um, there's only a sidewalk on one side of the street. So just as those just in to the save money. Areas. Yeah, like just to save money, you know, where I'm from in Florida, there's always a sidewalk on both sides of the street just cuz, you know, they spend money on everything there. But here it's like they don't even put street signs up at every intersection. They don't put stop signs up at every three-way or four-way intersection. And there's uh, only one sidewalk on one side of the street, so like if there's a sidewalk at all at in all, the residential yeah. area, I, I'd almost bet the the Florida Construction Workers Association has something to do with there being <laughs> sidewalks on both sides of every street. Probably so. So yeah, if you're looking for a place where there's no sidewalk clearing law, New Hampshire is that place. Dodger, anything else you want to share? Yeah, uh, you know, just, you know, uh, you know, I, I just walk along and I see people uh, they'll clear their driveway, but they won't touch their sidewalk. Yeah. Don't do it because the government makes you do it. Do it just because it's the right thing to do. I don't really care about That's it personally. All. It doesn't bother me if it's not cleared. It's just I'll snow to walk, walk on. Walk in the street. Yeah, well, I don't yeah but it might bother that crippled guy down the street. You know, especially if you live on a busy street. That's all. 
Well, yeah. I mean, if you're crippled, you can, you know, live in a uh, assisted living center or, you know, in a place where they're you know, like an apartment complex where maybe there are cleared sidewalks. Maybe you, you know, broke your leg and you've got to hobble around on yeah. crutches for four months. You're not going to go live in an assisted living facility for four months while your leg heals. The, this is a, a pretty good road, though, if the cruise on a wheel cruise around on a wheelchair because it's not that busy. And right. the, I mean, even a sidewalks here. Uh, he's probably on the road even in the summertime because the sidewalks here look look like they're kind of rough from from what yeah, I yeah that's noticed. true sometimes the sidewalks are a little janky that's that's definitely See, there's true. like big tree roots growing through growing through one over here and stuff so I, I don't even know how a wheelchair would do there you go Dodger thanks for the call tonight man appreciate it uh, so let's continue here Sarah in New Mexico hey Sarah I think Daryl might have some interesting news that he wants to share with you. I know you were calling about something, so why don't you get your topic out, and then we'll share the uh, the good news with you. Well, okay. Well, the thing is that the the texting while driving is going to be attempted to be uh, uh, raised to $100. So we uh, we passed the House already, so we just have to pass the Senate. And That's the thing not is, good is news at all. Well, to me, it's a good news because it's too much work for the, the police to show up in court and fine them for $25. Uh, you know what? Everybody for that much aggravation for $25, every, everybody's talking on their cell phone. And, uh, they're, and they're going to they're gonna hit me while I'm crossing the street because they're distracted. I got bad news for calls. you, Sarah. If you, drive the, uh, if you make it illegal to text while driving, the people will not stop texting. They will just make it more difficult for people to detect that they're texting. And so the way they do that is by holding their phone down in their lap instead of holding it up above the, uh, the steering wheel where it would be a safer way to text. Now, I'm saying it's not safe to text and drive, okay? I'm not recommending that you do this. I think it's a terrible idea to do that but people are going to do it and if they're going to do it i would rather have them at the very least having the peripheral vision of theirs on the road at the time because they can hold their phone up above the steering wheel because they're not afraid of getting a ticket as opposed to what they do now and i see it happen because i when i'm sitting here in the studio i can look out the window and see people looking at their phones in their lap because i'm higher up than uh yes. than the, than the I, people in their I cars see all the time driving a truck down the highway yep, all the time all the time and they are doing it because they know that if there's a cop that's nearby he won't be able to know for sure what they're doing because he won't see the phone if they're holding it down in their lap. But of course, if they're holding it down in their lap, there's no way they're able to see anything at all on the road in front of them uh, in that circumstance, which makes it more likely that they're going to run into you, Sarah. That voice to text but works so good, though. doing that for over $25. So they might as well make it $100. Make it a million. Here's an idea. <laughs> the, the penalty is death. <laughs> you, you commit any crime, the penalty is death. W- would you be cool with that? And then there would be no criminals because who, w- who wants to wind up getting killed? No, I, I'm not. I'm not in, in that. Not extreme. in favor of that. Huh? Okay, okay, life imprisonment. Yeah, no, no. I mean, no. The, but the thing is, lose your driver's uh, license for twenty years. Over, well, they're already look, putting it on the lap. They're already doing that already. Everybody's looking at their lap. They got a cell phone stuffed in their head. They're already doing doing that. $25, so jack it up to $100. Bucks. But or get rid of the I, uh, law altogether. All right, so Sarah, we got some good news for you here. Daryl, uh, what's the story that you wanted to share with, with Sarah? Judge orders Ohio Village to pay back $3 million from a red light cameras. The speed Ooh. cameras that have become a cash cow for the small village of New Miami, Ohio. 
population $2,200. Town collected over $3 million in revenue from motorists after installing standalone speed cameras along one of its major thoroughways or throughways, US 127. The speed cameras in New, New Miami is less than one square mile. Automatically find that being the town, uh, less than one square so mile. So they generated $3 million in less than one square mile with just a couple of cameras. Yes. Yeah. Automatically find motorists $95 wow. if they drove faster than 50 miles per hour. It proved to be a lucrative venture for the village just 35 miles north of Cincinnati. But now the village must pay back every cent they collected because... Those cameras were ruled unconstitutional in 2014 when drivers filed a class action lawsuit against the village. An Ohio judge ruled in favor yeah. That's awesome. of the drivers who claimed that they were unfairly ticketed. Butler County Judge Michael Oster wrote in the decision, any collection or retention of the monies collected under the ordinance was wrongful. Wow. The village reportedly cited almost 45,000 people and collected $1.8 million oh, during the 15 months the cameras were tracking down drivers. So just to be clear, they're going to refund to the victims specifically or to the taxpayers of the of the town? I didn't get uh, catch that. I believe to the victims. It isn't really clear here. That's going to be a lot of work. They also paid another $1.2 million to Opto Traffic, the company that ran the speed camera program. They're not going to give their money back. So this is going to come out of they're taxpayers' gonna, pockets. No, they're going to refund the taxpayers the $1.2 million. Ah. And then the people that got fined, $1.8. Sarah, you'll have to tell us what you think about it when you call us again another time because we're out of time tonight. We'll see yeah. you tomorrow. You've probably heard the libertarian author Tom Mullen interviewed or talked about on Free Talk Live. Well, Tom wrote a song called You Were Right, Mr. Spock.
Mr. Spock by libertarian author and singer-songwriter Tom Mullen. To get it on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and more, go to skepticsongs.com. If you want to read Tom's articles and free excerpts of his books, go to tommullen.net.